Hey guys, Panda here. So in between the recording of this episode and its release, our guests started going by a different name and I did not want anyone to think that we were calling her by the wrong name. Uh, in case you go to her Twitter profile and see that uh, she has a different name now, but it would not have been feasible to go through and overdub every instance where we referred to her by the now incorrect name with her correct one. So uh, we're just leaving the episode as is, but I wanted to clear up any possible confusion uh, before the episode started. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy. And welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. Today we are here to talk about the final chapter of Chiho Saito's 20th anniversary manga, After the Revolution. The Eve of the Revolution, Yours and Mine, is the subtitle, I guess. Uh, This is the Mickey and Kozue chapter that we have not been looking forward to for reasons that we'll get into when we start talking about it. And here to help us talk about it is my good friend, Joe. How are you, Joe? Hi, I'm doing well. Joe, I'd like to congratulate you on being the first person that is not one of my podcast co-hosts to be on all of my podcasts i'm a hat trick (laughs) joe you have not been on the show before so we have to we are legally obligated by podcast law to ask you who is your favorite revolutionary girl utina character okay i was thinking about this when you talked to me earlier today because i kind of go back and forth depending on like what arc um we're in valid I think probably overall, I like Wakaba the most, and especially in the Black Rose arc, she's my favorite, just because, like, you really get to see, like, her character, like, deeply. But during the Student Council arc, Miki's my favorite. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. So it's kind of fun that we have brought you on for the the Miki chapter. Yes. Also, uh, before we actually get, because I'm going to ask you about your history with the show, obviously, I would like to make a note that (laughs) you have not read any of the Revolutionary Girl Utsuna manga, except for this chapter, because I asked you to come on this episode like four hours ago. Yeah, this is my first time reading any of the Utsuna manga, and it was an experience. Do you have any interest in reading the Utena manga? <laughs> I actually kind of do. Like, you you were telling me that this is outside of, like, the main story. Mm-hmm. So, like, its weirdness definitely has to do with that. Um, but I am interested in it in the sense that, at least reading this, it seemed to take a lot of the stuff from the anime, but look at it from a different or, like... A different view and a different perspective so like even from that point i'd like to see not how they change the story obviously but like how they tell the story differently yeah the uh the manga is different because i don't know if you know but the manga and the show were made 
concurrently like the series manga was made at the same time as the anime so chiho saito was sort of allowed to do like her own thing with the story of the manga even though like she had sort of like the general outline of how things were supposed to go based on the anime and i think that that makes it an interesting version of the story at the very least a lot of people dog on the manga and I have been known to dog on the manga because there are parts of it that are not great. <laughs> but ultimately, I think it's an interesting experience. But more importantly, Joe, would you like to tell us about your history with Revolutionary Girl Ushina? How did you get into the series? Sure. So I got into it like relatively late in my life. I'd heard like a lot about it. And, like, I've kind of always been an anime fan, but for some reason, I never watched Utena until sophomore year of college, where one summer, I had just finished Sense8, and I was looking for something to fill that that gay media hole in my heart. And so I was like, Revolutionary Girl Utena is all on Hulu. I'm gonna watch that. And so... Oh, it did used to be on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, is it? It used to be. It's not anymore. But when yeah. I watched it for the first time, it was definitely on Hulu. And then I fell in love with it, um, watching it that first time. Have you seen the movie, The uh, Adolescence of Utena? I have, and I don't love it. I kind of treat it like a thing where if you really want to, like, if I tell my friends to watch Utena, I say... Watch the movie if you really want to, but you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's certainly something. There's a lot of things that can be said about the movie, I guess. Yeah. I don't hate the movie, but it's just, it is such a different thing while also being similar enough that I'm like, you don't have to. I kind of treat it like, you know how a lot of people will say, you can skip the last two episodes of Evangelion. Oh, which Those people are disagree. wrong, first oh, they of are all. Wrong. Those people are very wrong. They are very, very wrong. But that's how I am with the Utena movie. Is like, you can skip it if you want to. Yeah, I. there are a lot of people for whom the movie is their first exposure. And while I think that that is hilarious and fascinating, at the same time, it's definitely not the ideal introduction to the series. Yeah, I can't, I honestly don't know if I would have watched the series if I saw the movie first. I might have still watched the series, but. Yeah. That would be a shock. Yeah, because it's very different. Um, I thought I was going to say something, but then I totally forgot. So that doesn't matter. Okay, we're here to talk about the eve of the revolution, yours and mine, the Miki Kozue chapter, and... Oh, boy, howdy. We're in it, aren't we? Okay. Um, I didn't make notes for this, so I'm just gonna, like, go through- How can you make notes of a disaster, really? <laughs> I mean, fair. I'm gonna just- we can go through the manga. I have it pulled up. I like that the first page is a color page. That's not something that I remember being in either of the previous 
issues. I don't know if this was like edited after the fact or Wait, like if that was wasn't the old um that was the way the old one was, wasn't it? Well, there was there a lot of manga will do like a single color page and then like go on to the rest of the chapter. Yeah. But the previous after the revolution chapters don't have a color page. It's just this one. Hmm. So that's neat. I kind of wish that the whole thing had color pages because this one color page is gorgeous like the colors they choose and the details uh we don't see a lot of saito's art with color applied because most of it is within the manga but like it just it looks really nice and these chapters probably would have looked really nice in color and especially like those the flowers like the coloring on it is very elaborate. I don't know if that's yeah. like after it's the fact touch the up or so soft. Yeah, they're so soft. I love soft shoujo colors. But yeah. in this opening page, we are at an Otori Academy alumni reunion, and uh, Toga hears piano playing from an adjacent room, and everyone is saying, "Isn't that Kaoru Miki?" We're so lucky to hear him play from close by. And there's a a, a shot where Toga is looking at Mickey playing the piano. And apparently the next day, Toga gives Mickey a call and tells him that he heard the end of the melody. And Mickey is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And supposedly... Toga is telling him about Miki being at the alumni party, but uh, Miki says that he wasn't there. He was at home all day yesterday, and Miki is consulting his notes on the music and saying that the song isn't complete, and he is playing piano and trying to figure out the rest, but he can't do it. He can't play the rest. He can't figure out the notes that he is searching for, but... There's someone else who played it to the end? Don't tell me it was! And then the Otori Academy Hospital. I didn't know Otori had a hospital, but I guess that that makes sense. I wonder if it's supposed to be an infirmary, or if maybe if the town around it is named Otori? I feel like it's probably... It's either an infirmary, or you know how sometimes, like nice colleges will have like a hospital attached because like that's where like they train nursing and other such peoples i don't know anything about colleges or hospitals but i know that sometimes colleges that have uh medical programs have hospitals in them and so that could be this but this might be i don't know it seems a little more advanced than an infirmary this would be a good time to have uh giovanna on the show i feel like it would have to be like a college or university hospital because like it doesn't make any sense why she would be there if it's just like the school even like if it's just like the hospital used by students at the school at least from what i understood reading this she's not a student at the school anymore no they seemed i mean well it was the alumni reunion so ostensibly they would be adults because they are yeah twins and if both of them were supposed to be or if either of them was going to be at the reunion it would be assumed that they are an adult by then 
Yeah. But, like, she's been in a coma for at least a little bit. And so I assume she's been at this hospital for as long as she's been in the coma. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys, but uh, we'll get into it, but did you guys read the little note at the end about the coma? No. Oh, the translator's note? Okay, we'll we'll get to that because it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, speaking of coma, uh, Miki mentions in his, uh, internal dialogue that, uh, his younger twin sister, Kozway, has been in a coma for years now, and, uh, you know, she was asleep the whole time, so it couldn't have been her at the party, the family physician said that they have no idea when Kozway might wake up, and Miki notices that the hem of her blanket is dirty, and so are her feet. And uh, we see later, I guess later in the day, Kozway like getting up from her hospital bed, and for some reason, no one really noticing except Miki, who was hiding in the stairwell what was mickey doing here i have no idea like the implication seems to be that he waited until it was nighttime to see if she would leave her room but like was he just waiting there i mean honestly i i guess that seems to be the implication (laughs) but that's so weird (laughs) such a strange idea but the manga of course does not notice that if if he was waiting for her why did he not just wait outside of the room no he has to wait ominously in the stairs yeah. uh he says i knew it Kozway, and uh she appears to be sleepwalking and heading from the hospital's courtyard to the main academy and she goes up some stairs and she comes to mickey's what is there a name for this kind of suit? I don't know shit about shit, but he, I think it's just a performance like a, tuxedo. Yeah, it's like a, a a suit that Mickey clearly wore in a previous performance of some kind, some sort of recital. It's in the music room, and we see Kozaway putting on the suit. Which how dare how dare Chio Saito give me? Kozaway in a suit in this of all things. (laughs) I mean, it's the medicine that makes the, you know, the rest of it happen. It makes the rest of it okay. It's the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down, but unfortunately, the medicine is fucking gross. Also, why, like, the school has a shrine to Mickey, which is weird to begin with. Uh, well, he was, like, a prodigy, so maybe that's, like, a point of pride for the school that, like, the prodigy won some sort of award. Yeah, that's fair. But why do they have his tux on display? <laughs> convenient plot convenience. Plot convenience, absolutely. But and when I first saw that, it made me laugh because I was like, "This is." I can understand there being like a memorial to him, to but <laughs> I was stop like, telling this people is, I'm uh, dead. This is like a you museum. Know, you exhibit. know what it reminds me of? Yeah, it's a museum. It looks like a museum. It does exhibit. look like a museum exhibit. <laughs> Mickey acknowledges that apparently Toga saw Kozaway, and she is in the tux, 
playing the piano and continuing the piano piece from where it left off and he goes in to try to talk to her and uh joe since you have not read any of the previous chapters i will let you know that the lightning strike is a recurring theme in the three after the revolution chapters where uh that's sort of the the sign that utana fuckery is going to start okay and that that happens in each one of these chapters and once it happens is usually when like weird utana stuff and i mean utana the character not even utana the series yeah. uh, starts to begin and so miki is like oh it's a blackout who's there and he holds up his iphone with the flashlight enabled we will be talking about miki's iphone he has an iphone in this comic and it delights me to know it i mean could you really see him being anything other than a apple kind of guy i just love the idea that this takes place in a world where iphones exist exist yeah yeah because i always associate utna as like a very because it's when it was created but a very 90s show so like i like exclusively put it in context of like oh the show even takes place in the 90s so when i first saw that iphone i was like whoa what's going on here i almost wish he had like a really old nokia (laughs) yes god it'd be so funny it's too indestructible to exist in the utina universe (laughs) uh he sees little babby utina which child utina is also a common appearance in these after the revolution chapters he asks who are you and she says what's wrong did something happen that hurt you and uh is that Kozaway that says i'm dirty it's because of the art style it's kind of hard to tell yeah it's Kozaway who says it because on the page prior she says i okay. and then it continues on i'm dirty oh yeah she sure does i didn't even uh notice that in the last panel but yeah Kozaway says i am dirty I've always been in love with Mickey, and <sighs> this is the moment that we've been dreading because I hate this. It's it, Chio Saito, I love you, but this is stupid. It is. And I feel like we'll get into it even further on. But yeah. like, this, and then also, like, the more it talks about it in the manga, it's like, who is this Kozue? Because this is not the Kozue from the anime. Yeah, Kozue, as much as I love Kozue in a suit, that is the only good thing about this version of Kozue because she mostly does not even act at all like Kozue from the series. I mean, I guess Kozue wasn't really in the manga previous, Alice. I don't know if you remember any more about that than I do, but... Oh, God, it's so... Uh, No, she is, isn't she? No, she's in the manga. She's just not in there much. Like, I remember this kind of plays into... The manga has the scene where Utena says oh there's two mickeys implying that they look very similar whereas in the anime they don't look very similar there's not really any mistaking (laughs) one for the other and i did kind of like that aspect 
and that aspect in this like just because i don't know i think that it's fun that they might have like been like oh there's two mickeys or they might have thought that Kozaway looked like mickey in his suit but otherwise like ugh, i hate this i hate i've always dot 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 been in love with mickey but mickey is my older twin brother there's nothing ab- that i could do about that back then i on the one hand i hate the use of the language older twin brother and younger twin sister on the other hand as a twin i get it my sister is constantly asserting herself as the older twin sister even though she was born like a minute ahead of me uh we see a scene a flashback where apparently Kozway kissed Miki on the mouth and he woke up and said, get off me, which is rich coming from Miki who gave Utana an unsolicited kiss on the mouth while she was unconscious in previous chapters of Chiho Saito's Utana manga. If anyone remembers that, I do. Oh, I remember. This whole thing is just, God, it's, it's <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. This whole chapter is a mess. It's so bad. The next page we see Kozway in a bride gown and not not a rose bride gown, a regular western style bridal gown. Although there are roses on it. There are there are big flowers on it for sure and uh supposedly she is getting married to some anonymous man. And then we see uh, Miki at his house in the middle of the night and someone is banging on his door and it's Kozaway who uh, rushes in to embrace her brother and she says, Miki, I missed you so badly. Does she have to do that though? I mean, for this, yeah, she did, unfortunately. And, uh... She takes off her coat and uh, Miki says, did he do this to you? I guess those are supposed to be rope burn. We'll get into that in like literally the next panel, but it's kind of even hard to tell what it is we're supposed to be seeing that looks like she is, her skin is damaged. But Kozui says, He said, you're in love with another man, aren't you? And so every night he ties me to the bed against my will. Jesus Christ, what is this fucking Fire Emblem? Does that sound like something that would happen in Fire Emblem? I don't know anything about Fire Emblem. It does sound like something that happened in the new Fire Emblem. Yeah, it happens to a character named Bernadetta um, in the new game. Although it's upsetting. It's different because... This also makes it sound like he rapes her. Oh my god. Where at least with Fire Emblem, there's god. nothing sexual involved there. It's just like They're just kidnapping. Time, yeah. yeah. Just it's normal still... non-sexual kidnapping. Yeah. It's still terrible, but like, <laughs> at least there's no rape. <sighs> at least there's no rape is definitely a thing that can only be said on a Utena podcast. Yeah. I have a weird observation about this, Vicky. Yes. Somehow, in a version of the story where they do actually have, like, a thing for each other, this is somehow, inexplicably, the Mickey who is the most grounded 
morally and ethically. Yeah. Yeah. Miki says that's horrible to the idea that she is being tied to a bed every night. And she says, Miki, what should I do? And he's like, I'll talk to him. I'll fix this. Whatever whatever it is he thinks the violence is inexcusable. And then she, Kozue interrupts him in the middle of talking to kiss him on the mouth. And he says, no, we mustn't. And like pushes her away. And she's like, Mickey, I'm no good, aren't I? Because I've already been defiled. I guess <laughs> she thinks that the issue is that she's not a virgin. And it's like, buddy, we've been new. <laughs> like, did There's you- There's <laughs> so many other things wrong here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also it's like, I guess maybe it doesn't really count for the manga characterization of Kozue, but like, her whole thing is that she a hoe. Like, that's like the- Like a cornerstone of her character. (laughs) Like, reading this chapter, I was like, I, like, I know it's Kozue, and because they call her Kozue, but, like, (laughs) outside of that, I was like, I don't recognize this character. Kozue in name only. (laughs) Yeah. It does not make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. Uh, Mickey tries to, like, rebuff her and is like, that's not true, but we're siblings, that's why. And then she's like, I'm going home, and starts to leave and run off. And she says, I'm not allowed to be honest with my own heart. Goodbye, Mickey. I don't think that's the problem. No, it's not! It's that you're twin siblings! Oh, okay, keep going, keep going. (laughs) So, uh, we're back to, uh, seeing Kozway in the present and, or seeing Miki in the present and Kozway is playing the piano and he yells, stop it. And we see Uchina kind of standing there and she says, why should she stop? And Miki says, there's no need for us to remember all that. That's something that we have to keep bound deep in our hearts forever, which is true. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uzuna says hasn't her time true. been frozen locked to that moment and we learn that that was the last day that Miki spoke to Kozway. after that he received word that she'd fallen into a coma and uh because she hasn't shown up ever since she was admitted to the hospital Kozway's remain or uh something something uh miki hasn't showed up since the day that she was admitted to the hospital and thus kozue has remained in her coma as for him perhaps he caught the heat for it all i guess maybe they're referring to the the husband all i care about is that we see a panel of miki's iphone and we see that he's got like apps on his screen (laughs) What apps do you think Miki would have on his phone? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Miki definitely has, like, your bog-standard social media apps, but what other apps does Miki have? I'm going to be a rebel and say that Miki has some kind of vocoder on his phone. <gasps> yes. Interesting. Because despite his posturing, he just cannot, it's, he just can't escape the fact that he does, in fact, enjoy vocoder voices. Yes. And also, he definitely has SoundCloud. Miki has SoundCloud. I also think he has Uber Eats. I don't really have a justification for this. That's just something I feel in my heart that Miki gets his food delivered. 
No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I also think that he has one of those free piano apps where you can play piano on your phone. Yes. For sure. Maybe he has GarageBand, but yeah, only maybe, because I don't know if... I know that there's a garage band for like iPhone and iPad, but I don't know if you have to like have the software previously or I don't know how that works. But if he had to pay for it, I don't think that Mickey would have garage band, but if he didn't, I think that he would. Mickey says to child Utina, "Well, what do you expect me to do about it? I can't do anything, not a single damn thing." And the light on Mickey's phone goes out and he's like god damn it did my battery die which big mood uh but (laughs) in the dark someone cuts him on the cheek and he's like who is attacking me and then we see miki in his duelist uniform again a really good transition honestly like the he he goes to like pick up the sword and is like a sword where did this come from and he's back in his duelist uniform again i also i love this gate panel and i wish i could see it like actually animated because it looks like it'd be super cool i love the the next page is Kozaway like with the gate in the background and like the gleaming sword it just looks really dope because even if Chiho Saito's writing is weird her art is always fantastic mm-hmm. yeah that's true and I love any excuse to see Black Rose Kozaway uh, he says Kozaway why and th- for that matter where are we and she goes to attack and says you threw me aside and he says no i was thinking of you kozaway stop and she says you're lying the only one you care about is yourself mickey which is not really something that i've gotten from mickey in any of the series but okay (laughs) he says no stop i love you don't and she i mean it worked it, it, I mean, it, I don't know about the the anime, but it, it's definitely kind of a silly thing for her to say in this manga. Yeah. Uh, she says, don't rose tint this. And then we get a bunch of rose petals and the iconic castle from the sky scene and Utena coming down with the rose petals all around her. This page is just really good. Like the page with the the castle in the sky at the top and Mickey and Kozaway in the middle panel and Utena coming down with the rose petals at the bottom is just so good. It's gorgeous. It's page 37 according to the manga, but it's 39 if you're looking at the page count on uh, the otori.new gallery page that i'm using to read this manga which you should all use utsuna comes down and they're like who are you because uh in after the revolution uh it takes place at the end of the manga which at the end of the manga and also the series nobody remembers who utsuna is anymore so that sort of follows through with these chapters and she says on its surface the whole world is rose tinted it hides the truth the painful the good and the bad my favorite movie all this makeup in the world 
All this makes all this makes up the world, if I can say that correctly. Tell us your truth. And he's like, my truth? I remember now. I've met you before on that day. And Utena just sort of points. Hey, we're, we're back to the, the weird, inexplicable um, hospital place. We are. We're back in the Atori Academy Hospital, I guess. But Miki goes to a room that has a piano in it and Kozue is there at the piano and is it just me or does like the bottom panel that has like the uh thigh up picture of Miki look like his head was photoshopped onto that body (laughs) oh I definitely see it yeah yeah there's a weirdness to it there's a weirdness to it that I can't quite identify but it just it doesn't look like his head belongs on this body for some reason I think part of it is the line the line art on his chin maybe like it's like it's a very dark black and so it just looks kind of like someone like literally like took a sticker and put it over. It really does. The page. <laughs> okay, I'm having a I'm having kind of a galaxy brain moment with this. Do tell. And I'm gonna have to resurrect an old meme. Oh boy. You know how like my joking but kind of not a joke theory with lots of quotation marks about the time loops. We all believe in the time loops, Alice. Here on Imagine Me and You to Know, we love and support time loops. (laughs) But I can kind of read, now seeing this and seeing, like, specifically looking on the Otori.new, looking at pages 43 through about 47, there's something to this. There's, There's a shared background here, which is utterly not what happens in the show or the manga. That I can't help but read, but a, a a new iteration, a new understanding of this story. One wherein they meet they that they meet Utana not as a teenager and on the equal footing, but they meet her. They seem to meet her when they were kids in the past. They ran into her once, and something about that moment was significant. Is significant enough that remembering it again changes them that there was something about that moment that becomes big which is just not a thing in the show yeah there's no real support for that i almost wonder if this is supposed to be a an entirely different not just a Uthana reset things but like a whole nother iteration of Uthana altogether yeah like there is something about this that is it's sort of its own universe I like that every uh, subsequent version of Utena borrows from each version of Utena that came before it. It's the circles of... Oh my god, I just thought about... Um... To our listeners, if any of you are familiar with I, Divine Cybermancy, it's 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 Utena's circles of guilt. <laughs> it's this sort of re- repetition of the same events. Slightly different, but mostly the same events. It's, well, kind of like reincarnation. Yeah. In this this flashback world, Miki tells Kozue, everyone is gone now. I can't believe something like that could happen in this world. And she says, Miki, I can't feel melodies anymore. After all, Mama and Papa, who protected our music, will never return again. And they say, we've lost sight of the song's notes, haven't we? And... 
Okay, so we know for sure that Miki and Kozue's dad is alive in the anime. Yeah, that's that's kind of what what that, that that's part of what got me was that this is radically different because he's dead in this version. It is very heavily implied that he is dead, but as we know in the anime, he is decidedly alive. <laughs> and Anthe is their stepmom. God, I forgot about that. How could you ever forget? Okay, let me rephrase. I didn't forget about it. I deliberately pushed it out of my brain. <laughs> you are valid. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of, though? What kind does it of, remind you of? It reminds me of, oh gosh, I can't remember what episode it is. But when Udna's parents die and Toga and Seonji... Yeah, um, I don't remember what episode her. number it is, but I know the episode very well. Yeah, it's kind of like the flip if, like, Miki was... Like, if Miki's the Utna of this manga, this is his hiding in the coffin scene. Well, we're all in coffins, aren't we? Flesh coffins? Utna <laughs> uh, says, uh, I heard your piano and that's how I made my way here. And it doesn't specify who is speaking, but one of them says, where are you going? And she says, there's a girl who still hasn't given up yet on supporting this world. Wow, I wish I knew what that was like. She says, I'm going to meet her. And Miki repeats the hasn't given up on supporting line. And he and Kozway kind of look at each other and are kind of trying to play the piano together again and he says that's it you're the girl from back then i convinced myself i dreamed you up as a child i get it now i managed to continue playing the piano because i met you and she says i have to go for the sake of the girl who's waiting for me so guide me once again i don't know the way forward so let me hear the rest of the melody and he asked her if she arrived from that time to help them play piano again. And Kozaway <laughs> is very clearly asleep on the piano. She wakes up and she's like, what the fuck am I doing here? And Miki says, let's figure out the rest of that melody. I know doing so will have meaning. And she kind of stops and is like, but. And he says, it's okay. I'm with you. And they play piano together and it's very cute. And we see Utena. I want to say metaphorically, but that's not how Utena works. Utena is walking <laughs> on some piano keys. I really like actually the way that this is framed on the page with like the line coming from the panel where they're playing piano to like being part of the piano keys that Utena is walking on. It's just. Yeah, it's amazing. It's visually very nice. Chiho Saito is a master of manga artwork and should be respected as such. And Kozue starts to say something to Miki and says, What kind of relationship do we have? Is my heart broken? What's going to become of us from now on? And he says, Let's stop overthinking it. Even if we think it's so even if we think it over, nothing will ever be born from what we conclude. In which case, let's continue on. I don't, I don't like this, but okay. <laughs> what do you think he means by that, let's continue on? I don't know. Because when I first read this, my first in 
interpretation of the scene is that what he is that he he is sort of not exactly lying, but when she asks him the direct question of he's sort of placating us, her. Yeah, he, I mean, to, to an extent, he's kind of saying let's let's leave that till after. And because he's kind of doing that, but he's also kind of pointing out that no matter how much they go in circles around it, like, it's just not a thing they can, like, even if he were willing to do that, it's just not a thing that they can do. Yeah. That's just not how the world works. So even if, even if that was what they, even if, even if he were amenable, which he doesn't really seem to be. Yeah. At all in this. And in which case, instead of having that spiraling argument or having that like conversation when he says let's continue on i think he's he's actually talking about the music itself but also kind of talking about that he's not willing to throw her away but he's also doesn't he's not willing to have that conversation because there's no there's no version of having that conversation that is good agreed like that it will be bad no matter what happens so for the sake of being able to interact with each other at all because he says still in the midst of evolving which is weird and as i think about it i think what he's trying to say is that instead of like instead of saying something definitive which would be basically having the conversation and inviting that in he is trying to tell her that uh, how to put this in words we are okay and our being able to converse and have a connection will continue but it's also going to change because, you know, she's married to someone who's super abusive and also has shared some stuff with him that he's not sure about. Yeah. So he could just say, you know, we'll still be siblings. But that's not kind of kind of not enough because he does need to address it. Instead of addressing it, he's kind of just acknowledging that that weirdness is there, but not sort of forcing her to make to into a position right now. Yeah, like... There's really no good way that this could be handled. Yeah, I like, and I. They're trying to basically handle it well by not handling it. Of course, I would argue they didn't need to do it in the first place. But uh, I wish, I wish, I appreciate that it's very obviously trying to underscore the fact that Mickey still cares about her mm-hmm. without also leaving enough room of an ambiguity wise to say that he returns her feelings because in this manga he just obviously doesn't yeah like there's there is literally no ambiguity to that which is interesting because it would not have surprised me if there was some ambiguity in the way that this was written just because like it's saito baby but yeah like very clearly he is not interested in her and recognizes that like it is kind of fucked up for them to possibly be in love with each other because they are twins how did in this chapter this is the 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 perfection the moral and ethical perfection of mickey happen (laughs) in a chapter where this happened we just don't know Somehow, despite the fact that Chio Saito cannot write Kozue, she's the only person who fully gets Mickey. And I, I, I'm not even a big Kozue fan, and I still feel like she got done super dirty here. Rip Kozue fans. Yeah. Because I love Kozue. I wonder how much Mickey's, like... Uh, I'm trying to find the right words. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say maturity, just because like it's also what I'm thinking about. Um, but like I wonder how much his maturity and like level headedness has to do with 
in this manga, he is presumably, again, based on time stuff and based on him and Kozue being twins and Kozue got married. Let's say she's 18 when she gets married. So he is an adult at least. So I wonder how much that plays into it, where, like, in the anime, he is very much a kid. And so, I wonder if this Mickey, if he was a kid in this, if he would be as ethical. Yeah, well, definitely younger Mickey seems to have less issues with ethical boundaries. Because as we mentioned in in the series manga, he definitely kisses Utena without her consent while she is, like, asleep on a couch. Oh, yeah, you did say something about that. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if, because, okay, so in the anime, their dad is not dead, but he is actively emotionally distant from them. Yes. And I wonder, to some degree, if with their father dying early and not having to live with the the idea that he actively ignores them because the description that they give that Mickey gets very briefly of their parents is that they supported his music now of course that might be a a kid being a little nicer than he should be about this situation but it, it strikes me that maybe in this one we have nice we have a nicer family but without that sort of constant neglect that happens because his dad is alive i wonder if the situation between them is slightly healthier and so they don't have the teenager years of constantly fucking with each other and also being codependent no flowers in the attic yeah because like that's the thing that's what makes them so bad in the anime is that fundamentally their whole domestic and family life is just like a series of neglectful guardians yeah and so all they have is each other and each other is not enough yeah yeah. I Mickey and Kozue have an interesting relationship sibling-wise that I wish could be explored in a way that was not incesty. Right? Like that like there is so much there like material there rife for like exploration of this like toxic sibling relationship that does not have to be sexual and yet yeah that is all it ever is for certain people unfortunately it would be nice to have in a story that could explore relationship family relationships beside the kid and parent one that aren't also about the participants banging each other which i guess is a a pretty anime and manga exclusive problem a lot of the time but why is there so much incest in anime why (laughs) i genuinely have don't know but also like it's not like i mean don't get me wrong it it seems ubiquitous in um anime and manga but like it's also a thing that definitely exists in western media as well and like even western popular media because like i mean game of thrones yeah um, it, and it's always a twin thing it is always twins that much which as is... a twin like the the i the very concept of my sister as a sexual entity is something that i do not want ever 
Yeah. Like, all the heads in the room swivel towards Panda. I just, I I can't. Like, I don't, this is how you know that the people who are writing this stuff are not twins twins and do not have a sibling that is that close in age because honestly it's fucking weird yeah it's just like i just can't yeah i just can't even like the very idea of like this person that i grew up with being a sexual entity in any capacity is so like no (laughs) but back to the manga Enough about incest on this Utenus podcast. I'm not sure that we're allowed to, to ever say that there's enough TPH. We can at least say that it's enough for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it is an Utena podcast. So I know! You like know, a third. I've said this before, but it didn't occur to me when I started this, all of the incest stuff in Utena, I just thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if I made my friend watch this show that's really weird? And then I remembered once we got started, oh yeah, there's a lot of weird incest stuff in this. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So, we were almost to the end where yeah, we uh, have Utena like has her three pages left. Apotheosis. Uh, yeah, Utena comes across Anthe and she is, it, it's the, the scene that we are familiar with baby Anthe being, it's, she's being held up by the swords of hate, but it doesn't look like swords in this illustration. It usually just looks like weird cracks veins something she says who are you to utana and she says i've come to meet you and i love this page with like you see just like a panel of anthe with like tears in her eyes and utana holding up her hands and then their hands going to touch each other's hands i know emotional finale parallels and then there's a rose couple of roses and we see anthe like falling out to touch it to grab utana and they're holding each other and it's very cute they're little babbies and utana says no matter what the future holds i know i'll find you we're not alone always shine together the end i love this page this is a weird manga but i love this them just holding each other it's very sweet. Yeah, Alice, you you posted the the picture from episode thirty nine, and same energy, big same. I love it. It's so precious. I have a question. Yes, this was the one that's the last one. Right? This is the last after the revolution chapter, and as far as we know, it is the end of after the revolution. I would like to go back to my earlier theory and change it slightly. Okay, because that book's fine. But having read, having looked at all of these now, I can kind of feel, I feel like they are all do they're all doing this, their own thing with each of these characters, but they're also kind of not entirely about that character. Yeah. In the sense that they're all kind of about Utena, and Utena briefly appears throughout in more obvious ways, and it's really more about her journey from point A to point B as she is moving in and out of their worlds towards and like we explicitly get that she is drawn there by that song which by the way who else who else plays piano 
with or in the presence of Mickey in the show. Auntie. Yeah. And who's on that painting that Toga and Seonji really want their hands on? Auntie. Auntie. And I, I wonder if that's the may also be a way to look at this. It's kind of like, I joked about the, the, the whole sapphic apotheosis, but I mean, kind of. Like, she's become Dios. Maybe this is how she is sort of like going from right after she disappears to finally find Anthe again. Or be found by Anthe, for that matter. Joe, what did you think about this chapter, divorced from any other influence, because you haven't read either the manga or the other After the Revolution chapters? So... In terms of, like, connection to the overall story outside of all the weird stuff with Miki and Kazue, um, I saw it as, because I assumed after reading this that this took place after the events of um, the main story. I guess. And so, I don't know how exactly, but I was like, okay, the way this is all lined up, it does kind of feel like... Utena is Dios. Um, in yeah, a way. there's definitely the implication of Utena as the new Dios, whatever that means. Like, even to the point of Utena um, talking to Lil Miki and um, Lil Kazue, it was different, obviously, because. Lil Miki and Lil Kazue, my two favorite SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. The sad part is that I could spell it differently. I would definitely believe that little Mickey was an actual SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But it reminded me a lot of like an alternate reality version of Akio meeting Utna when she was young and being like, um, I'm a prince, yada yada yada, set forth all of these chain events that leads to Akio being Akio and terrible and I hate him um, <laughs> you but, are valid um, Akio haters club <laughs> it's a good thing to be but this was like if if Utna is Dios because Utna is a good person um, it basically reading this I was like okay this is kind of like if Akio was a good person and was actually trying to help people and also actually like be there for Anthe rather than using Anthe for power and his twisted manipulations. Um and so having this ending it very much it, it clarified that even more. Now the fact that this is that you said that this is the end, that confused me because I was like, how the heck is this the end? How the heck is there not more? <laughs> Because there are so many questions that are not answered. That's Ikahara for you, baby. Unanswered questions. But if they answer the questions... Okay, actually, I was going to have a joke, but I actually will go turn around to defend this. That, to some extent, part of the allure and power of Ikahara's work and stuff he's involved with is when he just flat out refuses to answer shit. Not in the sort of like, I just didn't think of a way, or it's just not what I'm going to do, but it's sort of like, I have made a mystery. The point of the mystery is not to be solved. The mystery is, is just a tangible fact of the universe now. Yeah. 
in my attempt to make David Lynch sick by thinking mean thoughts about him <laughs> has landed me in the hospital due to a fairly damaging seizure. I was in the hospital for three days thinking happy thoughts about me and stealing any sort of medical equipment I could find and about two bags full of hospital equipment now. Tonight I am back home and will hook up all of the hospital tools and start thinking negative thoughts about Kunihiko Ikahara again. The three days should have rested me and tonight I will use these heartbeat monitors and toilet things to have extreme negative energy. Excuse me, what the fuck? I is that copy pasta? Yeah, that's a it's a meme. Okay, it's originally it have... it's originally about David Lynch, which is equally applicable in my case. But I thought that I was having like I thought I had like had a stroke. <laughs> or like was was starting to hallucinate, have auditory hallucinations, and you were just like the the devil in my headphones i forgot that you had not heard that before because i no, i have definitely i i've definitely said that on kappa connection before <laughs> like i've read the whole thing verbatim but with kunihiko ikahara as the person in question i think there's a version of it where they someone where they definitely changed. photoshopped a version of yeah. it and that person is my hero <laughs> Because that's how I feel about Ikahara, even though this isn't even, this isn't technically Ikahara's fault. This is all Chiho Saito. But I'm not gonna... Also, when, when trying to make, when trying to affect David Lynch by thinking bad thoughts about David, mean thoughts about David Lynch, be very Lynch. I know, it just makes him stronger. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that kind of works for Ikahara, too. Like, it's, it's just doing the opposite of what you want it to. <laughs> I liked this ending, even though the last page kind of makes it look like they're on a spaceship because it looks like they're like at a window where like a galaxy is going by. Oh, yeah, it does. (laughs) Am I the only person who felt that? Because that was my first thought when seeing this last page. I didn't see that first, but I definitely see it now. It feels like they're on a weird old flowery spaceship yeah like i hadn't thought about it but you're right i can kind of see it i i want to like this chapter because there are certain like little bits of it that i do kind of like but ultimately so much of the meat of it is something that i hate well that is exactly the thing is that it's not a bad chapter because like the like actual like plotting of the chapter is bad it's a bad chapter because it takes these characters that we thought we knew and completely changes who they are and then also adds all this plot stuff that like really doesn't like it really doesn't affect the themes or the story outside of find needing a way for kazue to go into a coma um and it's just like yeah, like, I I love Kozue in the suit so much, and then I hate everything else surrounding it, because it's just, it feels like it's not her. It feels like it's so not Kozue, like, in any way. Yeah, and because, like, the gross plot stuff, incest plot stuff, really doesn't have, it doesn't seem to have an impact on anything it just feels like 
like scandalous for scandal's sake. Yeah. Which like I mean, it would still be weird and gross and unwanted even if it did seem to have an impact, but because it it doesn't and it it just feels it just feels like ooh um salacious. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Like it feels like the the incest stuff was thrown in for like flavor. Yeah. Flavor? Well, yeah. Don't say that. That's the worst way you could have said it. I mean, yeah, I can't take it back now. But it yeah. does. It like it feels like almost fan service, but fan service implies that there are people who wanted oh. this. <laughs> oh. No. I thought it would get I thought it would get better when you said it again, but it got worse. I don't know if there were fans who wanted this. <laughs> who wanted Miki Kozue content. And if you are, don't are. contact me. Go as far away from me as you can, please. Normally, that would be where I would be like, if you blah 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 blah, write in and let me know. But no, I don't want to no. know if you wanted Kozue Miki incest content. I don't want to know. It's so bad. <sighs> but yeah, um, that's this. On to, if you didn't click to the next page for the translator's note, I'm going to read this because it amuses me greatly. <laughs> the coma Kozue is in is described literally as having fallen asleep. We decided on coma because it's the word most people would recognize to describe the same thing. However, it bears noting that what she is actually in is a state of catatonia. A coma is a physical condition based on a physical injury, which is not what Kozue has. She is catatonic, a physical condition with a psychological origin. Catatonia, however, is probably not how Mickey would see it, given that a big part of this story is how is that he is in denial about his role in her state. Therefore, we went with coma to both make the wording more familiar to readers and to help get across Mickey's denial about how and why she is in the state she is in. Sorry, Giovanna is an is a neurosurgery nurse, so this was something of a sticking point for her. Which I could just only imagine, like, them trying to translate this and Vana pitching a fit about the difference between coma and catatonia. Yeah. Is it catatonia? I guess? Catatonia? I don't really- I mean, I know the word catatonic, but I have never seen it in, like, the noun sense, only in the adjective sense. I know. Sounds like something nerds would say. Sounds like something nerds would say. I think it is catatonia. You know what it is, guys? What? Catatonia! No. Bye. I'm leaving. I'm you, leaving. <laughs> you, how, why would you do this to me? You know, like catatonia. Doesn't make it better. No. <laughs> anyway. So that's the thing. That's the manga oh. that we read. <laughs> it still blows my mind that this is the final chapter. I Just guess. Because, like, I mean, unless something else comes out, it it like the thing is, is they did they didn't say like, oh, this is the end of all of this. So like, technically, I guess at some point there could be more, but it was for the twentieth anniversary, and this came out. I don't have a year for this. 
It came out recently, I know, because the 20th anniversary was very recently. But so far, this is the last chapter. It's very, it's a weird ending. Yeah, it's a weird note to have go we, out on. Yeah. is Have we done it? Have we reached the end of the Uthana mangas? Well, we reached the end of the manga, but we still have the light novels. We're doing the light novels? I guess. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like we're supposed to out of completionism, but I also don't want to. Maybe I'll. Maybe what we'll do is. We'll do an episode about the light novels, but we will just read a description of what is supposed to happen in them. Look, if you can give me a translation of the light novels, I will read the light novels. I swear before our viewers in the eyes of God. I am almost certain that Empty Movement has the light novels. Yep, I there is a, a link for the light novels. I'm going to put it in the Discord chat. Praise. So it's on Empty Movement. I don't want to read them, but if you want to read Twin Saplings and Verdant Hopes by Ichiro Okuchi, a screenwriter, a screenwriter and novelist with several anime screenplay credits, as well as a spattering of anime novelizations such as these, they are on otori.nu slash novels. Which I'm only reading because it's a very easy link to read. Well, I need something to read, so I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> you should read Sailor Moon instead. Well, I would. I have a whole collection of Sailor Moon that I'm going to give you. I guess when I come up to I know, and you still have it. You still haven't given it. When I come up to Jackson to see you and Hazel, I can bring you. I can bring you this box of Sailor Moon manga. I will gladly take it. I will take care of it, too. But yeah, so this was the end, I guess. This is the end of the manga. We have no more manga, as far as I know. If I am mistaken, please someone let me know. Uh, we, we're we about to run out of main mainline Utena content, whatever even that means, which means we can finally move on to Yurikuma like we've been promising for two years. <laughs> I mean, we... So to reiterate, do we have like do we have a definite like look at our plans once we finish the light novels? I mean, we have like we have some a, a smattering of like random guests that I would like to have on and I don't think that this is going to be the end of us talking about Utena. We will even once oh, we yeah, pivot to Yurikuma, we will definitely revisit Utena whenever it is that we have a topic to talk about or a person we would like to talk to, you know, like we we will never be rid of Utena forever. Gio and Yasha have been in Utena fandom for as long as there has been Utena fandom and there's still new stuff coming out. So we will never truly finish Utena for real, but we will at some point pivot to Yurikuma because... I want to do Yurikuma at some point. I've been aggressively avoiding it for so long. <laughs> it's it's going to be an adventure. It sure will, based on what little I know of Yurikuma. But yeah, I have some guests that I would like to have on, and we have like maybe a couple topics to do. And uh, not to, to spoil a future episode, but a, a previous guest has offered to interview us for an episode, Alice. So I'm very excited about the possibility of that. 
Wait, who's interviewing who now? Uh, a, a former guest on the show had was, sent me an email about coming back on the show and suggested the possibility of, like, instead of us interviewing them, they would interview us for the show. And I thought that that sounded fun, so we're pro- we will probably do that at some point. The world turned upside down. Sounds good. Yes. So, um, do we have other things that we would like to say? We are... Uh, getting to close to an hour and a half of raw recording time so we should probably stop soon because I need to go get dinner. <laughs> Food is important. Food's very important. Same. Utana is very important. Do we have any other things to say about this? Well, I think I honestly I'm talked out except for the fact that I wish that Mickey was this good in the normal show. <laughs> And that goes away Ward suits more in the normal show. Yes. I I like the revisiting of this idea of Miki and Kozway being like identical, even though that that is only a thing in the manga specifically. I just I don't know. I think it's fun. It is fun. It it was just so jarring because of how different the characters were. The rest of the manga is not entirely like this but it's not yeah dissimilar either i would say and like with mickey like i didn't hate it that much because like definitely again more mature but like this mickey reminded me of uh student council arc mickey where like everything was kind of like lighter and so like he wasn't as bad which again is why i like him in the student council arc a lot because like he kind of is just like utina's friend and he's just like trying to be nice to everyone and then stuff changes um and i still stand by like probably my favorite visual of the entirety of utna is um i think it's toga toga is talking to mickey with jury um and i don't think seonji's there but they're in the castle and Toga's throwing knives. Yes, at where he's Mickey. like throwing knives at Mickey and making yes. an outline of them. Yes, it's one of my favorite visuals it's in the so entirety good. of the show, and it makes me laugh every time. I can't tell if that's supposed to be like surreal or horny. Both with Ikuhara, it's always both. Of course, it's it's always both. Yeah, Ikuhara. Oh boy. All right, I guess that that was that was this episode. That's all we have to really say about this. Uh, Joe, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, so thank you for coming on for this of all things. <laughs> thank you for having me. Sincerely, I like. I'm actually glad that I came on for this part of the manga because of how wild it was. I really, I do think that you should read the main series manga because it's very interesting and it has some interesting ideas about like the mythos of the series and like Akio and Anthe and like some of the stuff that like relates to them in the series. And so I think that it's worth reading. I... (laughs) I have uh, become a manga stan after the reading the last volume of the manga because I feel like as much as the criticism is deserved, I also feel like the manga doesn't get enough credit for being as interesting as it is. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who likes Utena as a series as an alternative look at 
the events of the series, but with like an entire tablespoon of salt. <laughs> I like salt, so I'm cool with that. For anyone who wants to see one of several different um, cycles through the endlessly cycling yes. wheel of Utena alternate realities. Yeah. yeah. And I really I really do need to read the manga, just like for completionist's sake. I don't know if I can read the light novels, though, just because light novels always are a chore for me. Yeah, and I mean, like, the light novels are even less, di- like, are even more divorced from the source material just given, like, authorship and whatnot, so yeah, I don't even know if I would consider those necessary, but I guess we also haven't covered them, so I have no idea what happens in them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're good. Maybe they're good. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. I mean, they're not. Alice will find out, and then she can tell me. <laughs> All right, um... I guess that does us for this week. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenetcast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people find you? I guess on Twitter, even though you're not technically there anymore or on the internet in general. So I do have a Twitter, uh, which I'll say the name of a bit. I am not checking it that much. I will probably look every very occasionally for private messages. But it is, I may return to it eventually. I don't know. Um, but you can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-E-U-L-F. Um, I can also be found in our Discord and also in the Empty Movement Discord as well. All the Discords, all the time. Alice slash Kind Wolf. Is that how you say Alice that? in parentheses, Kind Wolf. Um, technically, it is pronounced Kinnavulf, um, or something to that effect, but... People pronounce everything from kind wolf to sign wolf. I always internally Kinderwolf. said sign wolf. I actually have I, almost every single friend I've ever had is told has at some <laughs> point told me what they thought that was, and I'm always fascinated, <laughs> genuinely to know. It's delightful, uh, Joe. If you so wish to be found, where can people find you on the internet? Or if you do not wish to be found, you can promote something of your choice. I would love to be found, and you can find me on Twitter at Books and Horror. Your um, fancy new that, Twitter name. And spelled all the way out, A-N-D. Um, yeah, my new my new handle. I finally changed my handle, and I love it. I love it, too. But Did- yeah, and I have nothing to plug right now. Um, I'm working on a project that down the line might be something, but it's Ooh. such an early stage that there's no point in saying, hey, check this out. Well, if you ever get anything up and running, even if you're not on the show, you can just, like, tell me about it, and I'll tell people to go check it out. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show tonight, Joe, and thank you, everyone, for joining us in this (laughs) final exploration of Chiho Saito's Revolutionary Girl Utsuna manga. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. (laughs) 